In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. My dear brothers and sisters, today we celebrate the feast of the baptism of our Lord. With this feast, we're concluding the Christmas season liturgically, and we begin what is called ordinary time. Just two and a half weeks ago, we have this little baby being born. Today, he's 30 years old, being baptized and beginning his public ministry. And I think it's very fitting that the Christmas season and ordinary time are united by this celebration. Because it is the Christ child who comes to redeem us in order that we may live in accordance with him in our ordinary lives as sons and daughters of God. You know, Jesus didn't need to be baptized. Baptism washes away sin and fills us with the Holy Spirit. Well, Jesus had no sin, and he and the Father and the Holy Spirit are one. So there's no need for him to be baptized for himself. He did so for us, as he himself says, so that he could fulfill all righteousness. You know, when we do baptisms, there's two ways to do baptisms. You can baptize by immersion, in which you submerge the person underwater three times. As you say, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. But you can also baptize, as we do here, by aspersion, which is doing the same but pouring the water on the head three times as you say the same. The adult puts their head over this small baptismal font or we place the baby over it so that we can pour the water over the forehead and say, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. But by pouring it over the head, in this act of baptism, the whole body, the whole person is sanctified, cleansed, washed clean of sin. It's not just the forehead that gets a little dirt off of it. No, it is the whole body, the whole person who is redeemed by Christ through this sacrament. Thus, here we have the head going before John the baptism, Baptist to be baptized for the body to be cleansed for all of us who are members of the body of Christ to receive the grace of the salvation that he comes to bring to us. He didn't need baptism, we did. And so in order to cleanse the body of Christ, the church, the world, humanity, so that we could all be called again sons and daughters of God, he goes to the water of baptism and we are cleansed of our sin and filled with the Holy Spirit. It's through the sacraments that God reaches out to us and gives us this new life. You know, there are three sacraments in which we're sealed. You can only receive them one time in your life. The first is baptism. It's not like you have baptism. No, you are baptized. Once you're baptized, you are a baptized Christian. You can't be baptized again. You've been sealed by God to have his identity in your soul. And so it's a once-in-a-lifetime gift, and it's forever. Confirmation is the same. When you're confirmed, you are sealed by the Holy Spirit to be a witness to Christ. And thus you can't be reconfirmed again and again and again. No, you're confirmed once, and you are a confirmed Christian. The sacrament of order. When a priest is ordained, he is sealed to be in the person of Christ as a minister of the sacraments for the people of God. And that's a one-in-a-lifetime thing. Even marriage. It's meant to be once in a lifetime. 
Unless, of course, your spouse dies and you're a widow or a widower, or for some just reason an, an annulment has been granted, and so you're free again to marry, ordinarily marriage is a once-in-a-lifetime thing. It could be two or three times in those circumstances. And then the anointing of the sick. Ordinarily, it's something that people receive before passing. But two, if they're healed, they can receive it again. So you can repeat it a few times, perhaps, in your life. There was one woman that the doctor said, she's got six months to live. I anointed her, and six years later, she died. She, I anointed her every year for six years. But she kept coming back after every night. She was at the point of death, and she kept coming back to stick around a little longer. You know, a blessing from God because of her faith. Just the other night, I anointed a man Friday night, 10 o'clock at night. I got a call, went down, did an anointing of the sick. He was on death's door, died five hours later. But his grandson called me in the morning and said, thank you so much for coming because my grandfather hadn't opened his eyes for three or four days. And when you were giving him the sacraments, he opened his eyes and, and received them with such faith and joy. It was a blessing from God so that he could be prepared. But that's a sacrament that we maybe receive once or twice or a few times. There are two sacraments that we can repeat again and again and again, every day, if we need to. First, the one we're celebrating right now, the Holy Eucharist. It is a sacrament in which Jesus himself, the Son of God, comes to grant us the nourishment, the strength, the grace that comes from his body, blood, soul, and divinity so that we can be in union with him through Holy Communion, through the Eucharist. He nourishes us. And we can come to daily Mass and receive Jesus Christ, the Son of God that was born in Bethlehem and died on the cross and is raised from the dead and at the right hand of the Father. If we're able, we can come every day and receive him. At least every Sunday we should come and strive to receive Christ in the Eucharist in a worthy manner. This is a repeatable sacrament because God wants us to know he will never leave us alone. He will be with us always. He didn't just baptize us and leave us there and leave us to our own goings. No, he wants to join us in this journey through life to eternity and nourish us along the way and strengthen us and be our light and our hope. And then there's the other sacrament which is repeatable, which is the sacrament of mercy, of reconciliation, of repentance, of forgiveness, confession. You know, on the day of your baptism, you were probably dressed in white. No? And the priest said these words, May you keep this white garment unstained until you enter into eternal glory. Wouldn't that be great if all of us had done that? I mean, if we remained pure and holy without sin... You know, I think, talking for myself, I know I've stained the garment many times. I'm sure if you're humble, you will also agree that you've done the same. That there have been times, through, whether venial sins or mortal sins, weaknesses or imperfections, that beautiful garment of grace that God gave us in the sacrament when he cleansed us of our sin and gave us new life in his Holy Spirit. And the priest said, keep that clean, keep it pure, keep it holy. Well, sometimes we've turned away, we've said no, We've dirtied the garment. And yet God didn't want us to stay filthy. He knew that even after baptism we would fall away and sin and do things that we shouldn't. And so he gave us this other sacrament which is repeatable. Baptism is once in a life. But confession 
is as often as needed. And it restores, if it was lost, the grace of our baptism. And if it wasn't lost but just stained, it renews us and cleanses us and strengthens the grace of God within us. And so we have this opportunity to come back to God constantly. So that the grace we received in baptism, when he sent his son to cleanse us of our sin and give us new life, so that we could be the sons and daughters that God wants us to be, he gave us the grace that if we fall, if we stumble, and he knew we would, he knew we would. And so he said, I'm still here. I'm right here. Never despair. Never give up. Never say, I can't make it. I keep falling into the same thing over and over and over. We all do that because we're weak. We're human. We're not gods. We're made of flesh and bone, and we are tempted constantly. And the battle is constantly there. Agoni Christianorum, the early church father said, the Christian battle against temptation and sin. We have to fight it our whole life. Some saints say we'll be fighting our pride 72 hours after we've died. As a sign of saying this is something that's always going to be there. We need to overcome it and we can't alone. We need God's grace. Well, he gives it to us in baptism. He cleanses us, washes us clean. He makes us, as Mary, full of grace in that moment. And wants us to go and sin no more. And if we do, and we do, He wants us to come back to him, not once or twice, but over and over and over again, and say, God, I'm sorry. I stained the garment you gave me. I sinned. I don't want that. I want to be cleansed. And when we give it to him like that, he takes it and he wipes away the sin. He doesn't hold on to it and throw it in our face later and say, you did this 10 years ago. No. God takes that sin that we've given him and he destroys it forever. It doesn't exist for him anymore. We hold on to it, and we remind people all the time, you bad boy, you bad girl, you did this, you did that. God, once we've asked forgiveness, he wipes it away. For him, it doesn't exist. And he restores the grace of our baptism so that we can come to him and be filled with him and grow in his spirit because he wants us to enter into eternal life with him. God wants you to rejoice with him in this life and to rejoice with him eternally in heaven. And he will never give up on you, ever. He will never say, I've had it. You're done. We do that. He doesn't do that. God always is merciful and wanting us to come back to him. All we need to do is say, forgive me, Lord. I stay in the garment. Help me to cleanse it, to be pure, to be holy, to love you, to do your will. Because the love of God, as the reading just said here, is in that. The love of God is this, that we keep his commandments. And they're not burdensome. He gives us the grace to do so. He wants us to do so. He has sent his son to do his will to achieve the end for which he sent him, Isaiah said. My brothers and sisters, we have received this great gift from God to be called sons and daughters of the Father. These words at the end of the gospel that the Father says as Jesus comes out of the water and we hear the Holy Spirit comes down upon him like a dove and a voice from heaven proclaims, you are my beloved son 
With you, I am well pleased. Jesus, as the head of the body, hears these words from the Father, which are meant for him, but are meant for you, too. God wants to look at you and say, you are my beloved son or daughter. You are my beloved son or daughter. With you, I am well pleased. I have given you this grace of baptism. I will restore you as often as needed. Come at least once a year, as the church says. Come three or four times a year if need be. Come every month if you like to, to grow in your grace and love of God. Or come whenever it is needed. Don't let a mortal sin remain on your soul. Come back to God the next day, the, next, the same day. Say, God, I'm sorry, I blew it. I'm back. And let him wash it away. Because he wants you to be with him now and forever. This is why Christ came. This is why Christ was born. This is why Christ died. This is why Christ says to John, we must do so now to fulfill all righteousness. I don't need this. I'm doing it for you. Receive my grace. Allow it to transform your heart, your life, your soul, your mind, your body. And if you come away from it for any reason, do not despair. Do not throw in the towel. Do not give up. Come back to me. I'm always willing and ready to receive you. Like the father who runs out to embrace his son. There's no limit to God's love and mercy. All we need to do is be humble enough to say, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I want my garment to be clean. He wants to look on you today and every day and say, you are my beloved child. In you, I am well pleased. Let's live for that. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.